You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. Konnichiwa, Sensei. <laughs> I don't think uh, I am Sensei. You would be closer to Sensei. <laughs> I would be Grasshopper at best. <laughs> yeah, so this week we're talking about we're bringing in the new year with something that else that came out on the new year, Cobra Kai Season 4. And before yes. we bow in and start the match, what are we smoking this week, Brad? Well, in keeping with, you know, the 80s theme, it was like, what's the most 80s cigar that we can find? And we had to go and, uh, you know, find one of our, our you know, buddies, uh, the Oscar Valadares McFly. Yeah, if you remember, uh, we We're did We're not going right? 88 miles per hour on the podcast, <laughs> but, you know, it is a throwback to the 80s. Very retro. Yeah, they, uh, uh, it was probably about a year ago or so we did a review on, uh, they did a 70s-themed cigar, the Superfly. So this time around they decided, uh, let's do a do a uh, 80s-themed uh, cigar. Uh, so what's more 80s than Back to the Future? Oh, my God, are we going to get a 90s Clinton cigar? <laughs> it's going to be like that uh, April Fool cigar. It's going to be like a huge ring gauge. <laughs> They're going to call it the Lewinsky. <laughs> Uh, I was thinking, they, uh, you know, if they're keeping with the fly uh, theme, you know, super fly, mick fly, what's a 90s fly? Hmm. Spanish fly? <laughs> <laughs> Go with a Lewinsky cigar. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean. No, it's the, the R. What Kelly, if they, I believe I can fly cigar. No, no, no. <laughs> what if it's, what if it's literally just called fly? For the Sugar Ray song, because I'm pretty sure wasn't that song popular in the 90s? Oh, there was Pretty Fly for a White Guy, too. <laughs> there you go. That wouldn't really work, though. Too many words. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, huh. I don't remember much of the 90s. <laughs> I remember the 80s, because I wasn't old enough to do a lot of shit to kill brain cells. 90s, though, are a wash. <laughs> uh... The 90s. Yeah. Well, they're doing that, uh, what that 90s show, I think, is Can they just be not? coming out. Can they just not? <laughs> yeah, so uh, this has a Mexican San Andreas wrapper over Honduran binder and fillers from the Dominican Republic, Honduras, and Nicaragua. And has a kind of a, I'd say it's a, the one I got here is a 660, but it has that uh, kind of the... Where you know a little bit of the foot is unwrapped, a uh, brushed foot as they call it, which sometimes can kind of be a pain in the ass to stay lit. I mean, just <laughs> right off the bat, though, I have to say the draw on the cigar is so smooth. <laughs> yeah, like as soon as I lit it, I'm like, oh man, this is a very airy, very easy smoking. You know, I mean, that's the thing, man. As Oscar does some really great cigars. You know, folks will probably remember some of his other stuff. Uh, the Leaf, the Superfly that we talked about. Um, I think uh, he also the, did the Island Gym. Island, I think Island is Gym. Also, uh, yeah, so they've, they've done some innovative and interesting stuff, but that 
I don't know, brush foots for me, they always light and then they'll go out before they hit the like actual wrapper. So it's like, um, I like that good, like, you know, you get that flavor of just the, uh, the filler tobaccos by themselves before the, uh, the, uh, outer wrapper kicks in, but I always seem to have to relight once it hits the, uh, <laughs> the, the outer wrapper. Yeah. And I, that brush foot tends to like fall apart on you. So like the first like, you know, minute or so of smoking, it's going to be a little ashy. And so just, uh, be forewarned. Don't smoke it on anything. You don't want to wipe ash off of, <laughs> but then once you hit the wrapper, you're good to go. Oh yeah. I, I, you know, right off the bat, you know, notes of pepper, leather, um, a little bit of a, you know, sweetness. I don't, you know. My my drink pairing is probably not the best, but I mean that's the thing though is you know the cigar's got enough of a a boldness. I mean this is what I would call probably a a medium to medium full, and you know I mean the leather, the pepperness, and you know e- even that sweetness is you know able to come through even drinking some kind of fruit flavored uh, energy drink. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's got it's got a little kick to it. Uh... This is one of those that's like, I think I smoked it when it came out a couple months ago. Like I smoked it then. And then like when we were preparing for the episode, it was like, I know I smoked it, but I can't remember if we smoked it on the show. <laughs> had to go back through my notes and be like, all right, now nah, we're safe to talk about this one on the show. And I remember from my, it kind of keeps those flavors like consistent. There's not a, or at least my first initial smoking of it. I didn't notice much variation, but the flavor that's there kind of lasted throughout or at least you know that's what i i remember by the time we're done smoking this one i may be wrong no we'll forget to talk about it <laughs> but if you're gonna you know join in a karate fight maybe you should call in the strike force strikeforceenergy.com use your promo code cigar nerds for 20 percent off your order comes in four tasty flavors to get you that energy so you don't have to drink uh, super fruity energy drinks while you're recording just mixes with water it's all good and with that We'll be right back. Welcome to Cobra Kai season four. <laughs> yes. It's hard to believe it's already on season four. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's kind of like the little show that could, cause it was, if anyone's old enough to remember back in the day, YouTube decided to go into like premium streaming content and then realize that shit doesn't work. People don't want to pay to use YouTube. <laughs> so the first two seasons, I mean, I pay this, to use YouTube just cause I don't like don't... getting all the ads and stuff, but <laughs> Yeah, but they kind of went away from, like, any scripted programming. You know, for a while there, they're like, we're going to make originals like Netflix. And then they're like, no, nah, this is too much work. So, after two seasons, it got bought by Netflix. 
and we got a season three and now a season four and season five's already already grin lit and supposedly finished filming it uh in December, so I don't know how long we're gonna have to wait for season five, but we got at least one more season of Cobra Kai in all its eighties goodness. Oh yeah, absolutely. I you know I mean, we gave it pretty high remarks, you know, for the previous season, and I was like, how are they going to top it, you know? Because, I mean, my only thing is like, goddamn, the, the, you know, adults are worse than the freaking kids, <laughs> Yeah. you know? And they sort of, you know, rectified that with this season, I think, you know? I mean, there was still a bunch of, you know... The adults like, all right, let's put aside our egos and you know for the greater good. But I, I, I guess you know, just like with Cowboy Bebop, you know, the the world these days is all about the drama. <laughs> uh yes. And just to recap where we left off, season three, at the end of it, uh, well, Crease, uh, I guess it was the end of season two, had stolen kind of Cobra Kai from Johnny, and. Uh, Johnny started his own Eagle Fang karate, but by the end, him and Daniel-san had decided that they needed to team up to stop Crease uh, and Cobra Kai. And, you know, he had kind of taken Daniel's student and Johnny's son as uh, and lured him into Cobra Kai and finally get a good fight between Daniel-san, Johnny, and Crease. Uh, but Crease is like, all right. Let's just stop fighting and uh, we'll settle this at the tournament. Whoever wins the the All Valley, like they have to leave. Like they can't teach anymore if they if their school loses. And so then we get what appears to be Daniel San and Johnny forming a don't a joint dojo at the end of season three. And then here we are, season four, seeing how that all played out. And I felt a little a little cock teased by the end of season three because end of season three. Johnny and Daniel son are leading a class together and you're like, ah, cool. Next season. This is going to be this about them developing kind of their combined, uh, fighting style. And we got maybe an episode of that before they started fighting again and like broke the, not the truce, but separated the schools again (laughs) after about maybe two episodes. I'm like, damn it. Y'all would have, if y'all would have spent the entire season, like getting your shit together, Y'all might have had a chance. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, I think they definitely still have a chance. I mean, there's there's a lot of talent. Um, you know, the the biggest thing is, you know, I talk about the drama because, like you said, you know, oh, it would have been really cool to see, you know, them just continue to combine forces. But once again, you know, the the kids this season are showing more maturity than the adults. And I kind of get that because, you know, that would be like you and I have studied karate back in the 80s, and, (laughs) you know, we've grown up with this rivalry, you know, and now all of a sudden it's... We're still going to hold on to that past. Where these kids had none of that, you know, prior to... Yeah. All of a sudden these, you know, these three different dojos branch up you know that are you know causing this rivalry all over again between the adults but the kids are like 
I'm just sick of getting bullied. <laughs> or I'm just, you know, I, I want to learn ways to better channel anger or, you know, whatever the case is. Whatever, you know. Yeah, and the kids, they, I mean, by the, kind of the end of it, I guess they, they buried the, they figured it out. But yeah, Johnny and, and Daniel's son, they both like can't admit that there is problems with their own style. Like neither one like, no, no, this is the best way to fight. No, no, this is the best way to fight. You don't respect my way to fight, so we can't be teaching. But at least on Miguel and uh, uh, Sam, uh, Daniel's son's daughter, they're about the only ones that get it. Like, no, neither style is perfect. You can't be all uh, aggression and no defense and, you know, and, and, you know, not turn into the bullies like they did when they were Cobra Kai, when they kind of like, we're teaching aggression. We're going to build aggressive people, which Johnny kind of pulled that back. and was like, no, it's like, you know, be aggressive, be strong, but also, yeah, maybe you should show some mercy. Whereas Daniel-san is like, you know, that very hardcore Miyagi, you know, karate is only for defense. So that's pretty much all he, all he teaches is defense and counter moves where they're like, we can't win if we can't go on the offensive occasionally. And if you only on the offensive, you don't know how to handle a counter offensive. It's like, no, both y'all need to like, kind of a little bit of each other to make a more, I guess, useful style, which I thought we were going to get that from Daniel son anyway, when he went to Japan last season and talked to the other guy that well, was I like, think part no, of the- there's, there's like an aggressive side to Miyagi Do that he didn't teach you. Here's like the more offensive moves, but even him, you know, this season he's back to like, Oh no, karate defense only. That's rule number one. <laughs> I mean, and I think that's part of, you know, just being stuck in, you know, his own, interpretation of Miyagi's teaching you know because that's what I was hoping we would go more into was hey let's see this side of Miyagi-Do that we haven't seen up to this point yeah but you know he's you know in a lot of ways just become complacent and you know just they're so one track singular focus that it's like my way you're, is the you're only asking way. your kids to broaden their horizons at the same time. Like you're supposed to be the leaders and teaching <laughs> how to broaden. You know, yeah. it's like my way is the only way. Johnny cannot can't possibly give me anything useful. But I do like that uh, that one episode before they kind of like separated the schools again, where where both of them are like, "Hey, you need to you know learn to respect my way of doing things." So. I'll give you a day of me learning Miyagi-Do and then Daniel has to give him a day of learning uh, Eagle Fang. <laughs> and, you know, they both kind of like, all right, this is weird, but I can kind of see where some usefulness to this. Especially, And then when they he tries to teach him aggression and they, he goes, gets him in a fight at a hockey game. <laughs> and then this like leaves him to fight like six hockey players. And it's like, oh yeah, Danielson's like finally acting like a badass. And he's like, where'd you go? Hey, you told me the easiest way, the best fight to win is to not be there or something something like that. It's like, so I wasn't here. Yeah. (laughs) I followed your teachings. You followed my teachings. (laughs) So I guess before we get into, you know, spoiling everything for, you know, this season, 
Must watch, absolutely must watch. Meh. How do you feel about the season overall? I I liked. I think they went to a little bit. uh... I felt like we took a step back in the beginning. Yes, I think. But then once things sort of kicked off, you know, there was there was some newness, um, a little bit of freshness brought to the table. I mean. I, I, I do have to say that at no point did I stop binge-watching. No, like I guess I killed it in about probably two days, which is still the thing I prefer over Netflix for the other streaming services. Like, give me all of Boba Fett in one sitting. I don't want to wait till February to finish this shit up. Goddamn Disney. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I thought the setup of season, like the end of season three with them together would have been a good starting point, but yeah. We only got like a couple episodes of that and it kind of all fell apart again until like the end of it. And I think this season, I guess, concentrated more on the kids and their kind of inter-dramas than the adults' drama. But seriously, after three seasons of Danielson and Johnny fighting, I'm like, yeah, I could use less of them two bickering. Yeah, I'd rather have them finally working together, which we get by the end, but... Yeah, it kind of did, you know went. But into I mean, the then again, I kind of felt like you know. All right, so I guess from here on out, this is your spoiler warning. We're about to spoil the shit out of it. So, um, then they've they've had so many people like with the joining of the gyms and the splitting of the gyms. Like so many people have flipped so many sides. I feel like I need like a a diagram of like who's on what team at this point. <laughs> well, <laughs> honestly, like. So Johnny's been taught by Kreese. You know, Johnny should be like the ultimate insider into the psychology, the, you know, teaching and everything else. Like, you know, I get it. You know, Daniel's son has, you know, fought or competed against Cobra Kai, but he's only seen it from like a 30,000 foot overview. Whereas the guy that's been there, been trained and everything else like hey i can probably you know shed some insight give you some you know better direction like that that would be your number one tool and i don't understand why daniel's ego won't let him ask those questions of johnny (laughs) like you know he obviously knows the most about fighting cobra kai uh, but Daniel San's like, oh no, miyagi do is the only way to fix this problem but i mean i think you know once again like at the end, like if you're, hey, I understand you under you know these teachings. Here's a whole world of teachings that you haven't been exposed. Like that should have been the the light bulb goes off and say, you know what, I've I've been complacent. I've you know, I need to step back, and I need to make like a sponge. Yeah, because like you get that thing where, whatever, uh, Sam and. Uh... The nerdy guy that pissed me off the previous seasons, which his character development, he actually fights in the tournament and is not such like an asshole in this. And he actually like learned something and he made it fairly far in the tournament. So like, I like they finally like give his character something to do that other than be annoying. Yes. (laughs) But, uh, when they're the two Miyagi-Do students are trying to fight for the sparring and they're just circling around each other. And Johnny's like, we all just fight. He's like, 
Well, no, our teachings are we can't like provoke. We have to wait till we're provoked before we can respond. But if neither one of them's going to provoke, they're just stand there and stare. If I like throws a can at the kid's head, like you provoke now, <laughs> fight. <laughs> like I could just see that in an actual match where literally it's. Oh, I mean, we, we did kind of see that, you know, over the koi pond where, you know, they're on the wooden platform and literally, like, they're just sitting there circling each yeah, other. Yeah, trying to and maintain it's like, balance. <laughs> you know, that, like, at some point, somebody's got to, you know, initiate and somebody's got to, you know. Yeah, it's like, you can only be defensive so much. Sometimes you have to go, sometimes being offensive is the proper defense you know when the tide uh, the tide well, has changed you have to is, press your advantage yeah i i don't know i mean i i love martial arts because to me martial arts is a lot like poker you know where yes you have the you know the physical aspect of competing throwing the punches the kicks and everything else but there's also the Sizing up your opponent and the psychology of being able to read and be like, okay, this guy's coming at me super aggressive, so I just need to lay back, maintain my defenses, and wait for him to make mistakes and, you know, make him yeah, pay. And I mean, that's what I tell some of my students. I'm like, sparring is not fighting. Sparring is chess. Like, I'm trying to figure out openings, and there's stuff I'll do in sparring that I would never do in a real fight. And vice versa. There's stuff in a, I would do in a real fight that I can't do in some kind of sport or friendly sparring competition. I mean, there's, you, you know, in a real fight, you know, you can be aggressive and anger and all that. But in, like, sparring, I mean, you have to keep your your head about you and you're just kind of, you know, looking for those those openings or what. But there's definitely, and, you know, there's also rules to sparring where there's not rules to fighting. Yeah, so I it's mean, like, if it's a legit fight, I mean... Yeah, for like sparring, I'm like, okay, I can only make contact to, like, you know, the chest area and the a controlled contact to the head. So I see a lot of a lot of people that, like, oh, if especially, like, under black belt sparring where, like, no head contact. They're like, well, if no one's going to hit me in the head, I don't have to block my head, and then I'll just punch him in the face. Because <laughs> I'm like, you still got to block your head. <laughs> you can either learn... To like yeah, you know, or you just get hit in the head until you learn that skill. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's like, hey, this sucks. I should probably not just sit here and you know keep absorbing these. <laughs> yeah, sometimes learning is painful. <laughs> but yeah, there's like, uh, yeah, it's like there's it's there's so much more like science into like sport combat than there is into like actual fighting. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like the. Miyagi-Do students, I'm like, yeah, y'all are skilled and all, but yeah, if you don't, like, make a move, if it's all, like, meditation and uh, and stretching, uh, you're, you're missing out on, like, a portion. You're you're all yin and yin, no yang. You know, you're not, you're not you a got to have that balance. A complete combatant. And that's really what I was hoping we would get more out of. Yeah. And, and it was weird, you know, because it started out where... We had some of that, and then, you know, it it just completely went away. And it's <laughs> like, all right, we're doing the same thing we did last season all over again. Yeah, instead of three schools competing in the final tournament, if if Johnny and Daniel Sun had kept their school together, they would have had a much easier time in the <laughs> and I, final I, tournament. At the same time, too, like, I don't know. I mean, if you're defensively taught and everything else, like, 
you would think that you wouldn't make asinine bets to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Like... Let's say, too, it's like, that's... Somebody we, uh... just rang the gong. <laughs> Time to spar. The thing we haven't talked about yet, you know, since Johnny and Daniel were teaming up, Kreese decided he needed a partner, so he reaches out to uh, uh, the bad guy from Karate Kid 3. What the hell is his name? Uh... Terry Silver, who was like the Cobra Kai instructor that just basically, when Daniel-san tried to join Cobra Kai and Karate Kid 3, he just basically told him he was training, but he just like tortured the shit out of him and fucked with his mind. But yeah, he has that conversation where he's teaching the class and he's like, everyone has a weakness. So your job is to find what your opponent's weakness is and exploit it. Well, Crease and Cobra Kai is Daniel's weakness. Like, you know, he's like kind of a rational dude until you bring up Terry Silver, John Crease, or even Johnny's season one. It's like, that's the thing that like makes him do stupid shit. He can be all peaceful Miyagi style, but as soon as somebody brings like Cobra Kai up, he's like, Oh fuck. We got to, you know, just go fucking all logic goes out the window with him. Like once you like throw Cobra Kai <laughs> on him. So it's like, yeah, that's, definitely his his weakness and then you know johnny's is just usually ego you know it's because <laughs> i think he showed some of the well, most i think he was actually more rational this season yes, than this what season, danielson was he's much more kind of willing to learn from danielson and wanting to do right by the kids than he has been like I said, he's the most adult out of this <laughs> triad of people this season which I've, I've liked that kind of character progression over four seasons of him where he's like he's pretty much the adult at this point yeah <laughs> he still does dumb shit but yeah he's much more uh logical than than daniel son or or freaking uh crease i don't know then again i don't know how logical his training is <laughs> no <laughs> like i could i could never see like all right, today class, I'm taking you to this rooftop, and we're gonna jump between buildings. <laughs> yeah. Uh what if we? Yeah, that's why we got the mattress. And if we miss the mattress, don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're all like, "No, we're not gonna do that." And finally, like I said, the only one who's willing to kind of cross the line and learn a little bit of Eagle Fang is uh, is Sam, and she becomes a better fighter for it. And then Daniel Sun is kind of like the only one that's like. Let me try some Miss Miyagi dough, and he learns a little bit more, I guess, self control and like you know just more calmness, I guess, from from the Miyagi side of teachings, where it's like, oh, there's, I, I can fight more with my mind than just my attacks. Like there's like I can outthink a situation, which you know, like I said, both of them kind of getting that little bit of the other style made them kind of the better fighters, and even um whatever, uh, Mouskowitz, a.k.a. Hawk. Like, he went, like, drank the Kool-Aid deep in Cobra Kai and became a complete, like, asshole the first couple seasons. And then in, like, the end of last season, he's like, oh, no, I'm an asshole. I've lost all my friends. Let me flip sides and uh, and help my friends. And then he really took a, lo a lot of that, you know, Miyagi-Do teaching to heart and became, like, he ended up winning the 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 all valley tournament at the end <laughs> he was like the most kind of 
like well balanced of uh yeah of the i group I, I really like his you know character progression you yeah, know yeah, where... i really thought he was going to have like a a relapse into being an asshole when he uh when he's having trouble in the combined gym and he tries to quit and he's like tells daniel he's like hey i don't really fit in here man he's like well, what do you expect you've like betrayed everyone here at you know sometime or a number you burned a lot of bridges man because daniel was being an asshole because him and johnny just got done fighting so you see him come back the next day with a sledgehammer. He's like, oh, he's going to trash the dojo again. But no, then it cuts to like, oh, no, I'm just going to take out this fence because we need a sparring area. And so I've designed a uh, like a, a classic Miyagi-style sparring you know, uh, area and like actually got everybody to like work together from both sides and on this like construction project. So I was like... See, and I was hoping at that point that's where, you know, the rivalries and all that shit were going to end and we were going to see, you know... Yeah. Because at that point, like Johnny and and uh, Daniel decided they couldn't work together, and they were going to tell the teams that no, we're we're breaking yeah. up. Your 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 teams at better uh, doing a better job at you know team sports than the leadership. Yeah, so then they you know see them working together and like oh I guess we can work together. So yeah, it's like the the kids were like way more adults in a lot of these situations. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have you know any of the like. Like, there were some pranks that were pulled, but we didn't have any of the, School you know, all-out, uh, you know, fight. brawls, uh, <laughs> you know, between, you know, the opposing groups of kids. I mean, there were a couple of, you know, oh, yeah, meet us here, and, oh, that's when the sprinklers kick on, and, you know, like, so, I mean, there some pranky-style stuff, but no, like, just yeah. all-out crazy brawls, I mean... I thought one of the craziest brawls would have been between uh, what's the chicken Cobra Kai? Uh, uh, Tori, Tori, and you know, um, fucking Daniel's wife. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought those two were gonna go, you know, toe and toe. Um, but you know that, or you know, more so of Sam. You know, because that's almost Tori is almost Sam's Achilles' heel. You know, yeah. Where, when it comes to her, like she's really starting to become much like Daniel. Yeah. And even with, when, you know, his wife went to Tori's work to like, tell her, Hey, stay away from my daughter and ends up getting her fired. When crease comes to her and was like, like I was expecting some like, you know, douchebag Cobra Kai shit, but he's like, Hey, just so you know, she has to take care of her whole family because her mother's like incapacitated and, you know, not everyone has the advantages that you have and kind of, you know, clues her in on Tori's story, even though it you know, did it in a kind of a creepy way. But it was like, I was like, that's the most, like, reasonable I've seen Crease yet. I was, like, expecting, like, some kind of, like, you know, retaliation. But he literally just, like, hey, here's her situation. Like, ease off on her. I'm like, what the fuck's Crease yeah, doing acting like there's... an adult? <laughs> And that wasn't the only time either. I mean, later yeah. toward the season, you know, after, you know, Terry's introduced and everything else, you see, you know, Crease again, you know, kind of step up and say, hey, you know, you do what you need to, you know, and, you know, he kind of stood up to Terry in that regard. And yeah, like, Terry's like a straight psychopath. And, you know, Tori does an illegal move kind of accidentally. He elbows, she elbows Sam in the face during their sparring. And uh, he's like, oh, that's great. Like, you know, hell, do it again. She got two black eyes. She can't see you to fight. That this ref's not going to call, uh, not going to call the match on a technicality or whatnot. 
And she's like, no, I, I'm better than her. I don't have to cheat to win. I don't want to cheat to win. And, and Reese is like, all right, yeah, you do you. Like, you know, and, <laughs> and like, yeah, that's the most time. It's like, damn it, I hate liking Reese, but he actually made two good points this season. <laughs> or he, he acted like an adult. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know. And that was the great... At this point, like, can we just see the old man fight? Yeah. I mean, we got, like, when uh, Daniel and uh, and uh, Johnny decided, like, all right, we're going we're gonna to do a rematch of the, the tournament, and whoever wins gets to, you know, lead the classes. And they, and they end up winning in a tie. <laughs> like, it's like, damn it. But yeah, I want to see... We got, like, that three-way fight a little bit at the end of the last season. Like, yeah, I just want them to... That's what I kind of expected at the end of uh, the All Valley tournament to be like, oh, we have a tie, so let's let the instructors fight, and finally get like you know those four guys on the mat. Like I, I wanted to see that. Yeah, no, that's that's what I would like to see. Is that was kind of like the way? Do you ever remember that movie uh, Sidekicks with Chuck Norris? Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I do remember that. But yeah, it's like Chuck Norris like teaches this kid, this bullied kid, like karate. Or no, actually his grandfather, I think, does it. And, like, Chuck Norris comes in and, like, teaches him. But they get to, like, the tournament. And it ends in a tie. So it's like, so they're like, alright, since there's a tie, we'll let the instructors fight for the final match. And it's like Chuck Norris versus basically the John Kreese character of this movie. And he, you know, kicks the shit out of him. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I wanted to see. It was, it was like, you know, the adults uh, <laughs> get in a fight at the end. But, speaking of, like, character progression when they brought uh terry silver back like he was a complete psycho in uh cobra in uh karate kid. karate kid three but when you first see him he's like hosting like a vegan dinner party and he's like very like very zen very zen and and when he first like comes back to teaching he seems very helpful and reasonable we're like oh like terry's actually grown up and is becoming like a decent dude but then as it goes on, you're like, oh no, this is just him and his usual mind games. He just gets more and more psycho as the thing goes on. Well, I think, you know, that... And it may you know, be like a relapse. Like Kreese knows what buttons to push, yeah. let's face it, you know. I mean, that's 100% manipulation, you know, the way that... Yeah, that's one brought... thing I couldn't tell if his being a good dude at the start was an act or... He legitimately started off kind of good, and yeah, Reese pushing his buttons reset him back to the uh, the old Terry. Because <laughs> either way, like by the end of it, he's like full douchebag. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's got the money and you know everything else to go full douchebag, which we you know see how that played out. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, because that's not. I didn't see that, uh, I mean, we'll go, well, I'll save that for a minute, but let's talk about some of the, we got, like, a new character this season, uh, uh, that was interesting, where it, uh, they brought in a new character who is basically the same age as Daniel Son's, uh, younger son, and he's, like, straight up getting bullied by Daniel Son's kid, like, you know, LaRusso's the the bully and this young kid like goes to uh uh Robbie who was who is Johnny's son was Daniel's 
first, you know, kind of newest student who was kind of pissed off at the both of them and now a part of Cobra Kai, you know, cause he knew his brother when they were both in like juvie and he's like, man, help me like learn to not get bullied. And he teaches the kid some stuff and tries to like watch out for him. But by the end of it, he's gone full Cobra Kai where Daniel son's, uh, son, you know, goes to apologize to the kid. Like, Hey man, I was an asshole. I'm sorry. I bullied you. Let's just, you know, clean slate. And the kid kicks the shit out of him and is like, nah, now next year, man, I'm gonna bleed the shit out of you in school. He's got like full Cobra Kai douchebag. <laughs> and even Robbie's like, oh, I fucked up. <laughs> Thought I could help this kid and I made him just as bad as the rest of these fuckers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, you, you know, I mean, Robbie at that point hadn't really dealt with his aggressions and everything else. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, that just kind of got passed on, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting next season when we kind of get to like the wrap up of all this, but yeah, that it was weird seeing, like I said, LaRusso being the, <laughs> being the bully asshole. And like, you know, when, when the kids are all playing like some kind of fucking dungeon game and like talking to the you know, the cool chick at school. I'm like, oh, this dude's so getting catfished. And then like, yep, he's getting catfished. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think anybody saw that from a mile away. <laughs> yeah, and then they lure him to the park in his, like, you know, fucking uh, whatever ninja squirrel outfit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got a bunch of cosplayers hanging out at the park at night. You should come. Dress in your favorite character. <laughs> and they all just show up and make fun of him. But, yeah, I could see that kid, like, you know going bad because they bullied him and shit. But yeah, but now it's flipped. He's kind of, it's kind of like what season one and two of Cobra Kai, where Johnny took all these nerd kids and taught them martial arts. And then the nerd kids took it too far and started being like bullies. Cause that's all they were getting taught was aggression. And then Johnny's like, Oh, I need to temper this aggression. And half the kids went with him when he started Eagle Fang. And then like the really hardcore ones stayed at Cobra Kai because like Hawk was like full psycho most of season three before he finally uh, came to his senses. But yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. Nerdy kid gets bullied, goes to Cobra Kai to learn defense, and then just becomes a a douchebag by the end of it. Yeah, I... but I kind of don't blame him. You know, like I said, he's a, he's a little bit of an asshole at the end, but up until that point, I'm like, yeah. When he lures them all into the library and kicks the shit out of them, it's like, yeah, you guys all probably all deserve that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes vengeance is a dish best served cold. <laughs> and like, way to go too, because he kicks the shit out of all of them and then doesn't get in trouble for it because he's like, hey, I caught it on camera. Y'all been bullying me. <laughs> like, if he had ended his vengeance there, I'm like, all right, you're good to go, kid. But when, you know, they, they you know, come to their senses and try to apologize and he like kicks the shit out of them, I'm like, all right, now you might have gone a little too far. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is, you know, this season definitely pushed some boundaries. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of times I couldn't decide who to root for. You know, but like it wasn't like... <laughs> it wasn't like, you know, in, in the previous season where, oh shit, this dude just fell down, you know, a, a flight of stairs and, you know, potentially may never walk again. Like, 
It wasn't there wasn't anything that was like, oh shit, you know, like <laughs> And so when we get to the the actual All Valley tournament They've changed the rules this year too, which was weird because like previously you know, it was just dojo against dojo, but like they're like we gotta and I like how they kind of make fun of like, you know, cause well, get to the rule change first. They're like, uh, it's, we kind of don't want to see boys beating up girls. So let's go and do a, we're going to do a girl division and we're just going to have a, 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 a boys championship uh, and a girls champion. But then we're also going to add skills. So there's going to be a breaking competition, uh, weapons demo and Kata that are open to like everybody. Well, at this point, since the schools have split up again, Johnny doesn't have any female students. So he's trying to like recruit uh, female students, but he he's still stuck in the eighties and doesn't know how to talk to people. So he's like trying to recruit, recruit, uh, like, he's like, I gotta learn how to be woke to talk to these kids. <laughs> he's like, he's like, start talking inclusiveness and all this other stuff. And then he's like, it's pretty good sensei. He's like, yeah, I don't know any of those things I was saying, <laughs> but I mean, he pulled it off. Like <laughs> yeah. I would have never been able to pull that off. And the girl he ends up ends up recruiting is is a girl from like the uh, the debate team who's you know kind of a very aggressive and like giving her the outlet of martial arts was like oh this girl's gonna be a badass next season I mean for someone who basically just started learning karate two weeks before the uh, tournament she went a pretty good ways before she got <laughs> taken out so it's like yeah I like to see uh like her her character is going to be of the new group going to be interesting to see if she gets uh, more action next sequin season. I think she has to. <laughs> and then poor, uh, uh, what the hell was his name? Fucking, uh, was it Scorpion or <laughs> Stingray? Yeah. Stingray. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, whatever, season two, he was, like, the one adult that wanted to join Cobra Kai. And then when they had that big uh, fight at the school, apparently he got arrested and has been on probation. So we didn't see him at all in season three, I don't think. Well, he's finally off probation and decides to come back to Cobra Kai. But Johnny and pretty much most of his friends have left. And he doesn't realize that there's not the same Cobra Kai he, he dealt with. And Crease kicks him out, and then he comes back, and Terry's all drunk as shit. And he's like, oh, you want to be part of Cobra Kai? And just beats the fuck out of him. Well, that's that's where I didn't see, like, the the final betrayal. Because, like, I seen him beat the shit out of him, and then you see him, like, wake up from a coma, and the cops are like, who did this to you? So I was, like, waiting for the cops to show up at the, you know, at the end of the tournament. They were going to show up and, like, arrest uh, freaking Terry. But no, none of that happens. Instead, like, after the tournament... Yo, Reese and, and uh Crease and Terry is like having dinner and he's like the cops all show up and it's and then it cuts back to that fight and well it's like yeah, you know, as he's beating the shit out of him, he's like, Oh, you wanna be Cobra Kai? I'll make you Cobra Kai, but you gotta do something for me. So when he wakes up from his coma, he's like, Uh, Crease beat me up. So the cops show up and erase arrest Crease for aggravated assault and attempted murder. And now Terry's like, Don't worry, I'll take care of Cobra Kai and finished what we started. And I'll take care of Johnny too. <laughs> so it's like, oh, next season's gonna be be interesting because it's like, do do all of them have to team up against uh, Cobra Kai now? <laughs> I 
I don't, you know, honestly, I think I could see Johnny and Crease being able to lay out in their differences. I am very hard-pressed at this stage of, you know, Daniel's character to be like, if if his ego would allow that to happen. Yeah. Like, you know, when he went to Miyagi's graveside and everything else, like, I thought maybe that was going to be the enlightenment and the, hey, you know what? I fucked up. I let my ego get in the way of teaching these kids and giving them, you know, all possible avenues of knowledge and leadership, you know. But then when you see, uh, is that Miyagi's uh, son that comes out of the the No, it's or, the, uh, the nephew of, like, Miyagi's rival. Yeah. Like, the big kind of... I get... He might have been a gangster. I don't know. But he was like the guy when they, in Karate Kid 2, when they go back to Japan, he was like the like the teenage gang leader that fought that fights Danielson at the end, where his his uncle was both him and Miyagi learned from Miyagi's father. So he, he's like, I got the full defensive and aggressive side of, of Miyagi-Do, where you've only been taught the 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 defensive side. And he taught, you know, Daniel San some of that, you know, in last season. But yeah, I didn't see that either because he's like having that conversation at Miyagi's grave and you think he's talking to, like, I guess Miyagi and just, you know, talking to himself. And he's like, man, I tried everything I could, but I failed these kids. Like, the, what I've taught them are, is not enough. And, you know, even though I made this bet with Crease, I have no intention of honoring a deal with people that have no honor. Like, I see now that I have to stop them and do whatever it takes. And I know this is not your fight, but I could use your help. And then that dude from Japan is like, I am here for you, Daniel son. Let's, let's get you up to speed on like the full Miyagi do way. <laughs> so yeah, that's maybe, you know, Daniel son gets a little more aggressive, uh, next season. Yeah. I... That's the thing. It's like, there, there's certain aspects of, you know, the story that I'm just like, can we just stop repeating this? Like, this is a never-ending cycle at this <laughs> yeah. point. Like, you, just keep you know, I mean, there's a lot of freshness and a lot of stuff that makes, you know, I mean, obviously, I, I binge-watched this in, you know, a day and a half. So, you know, it definitely kept my attention all throughout the entirety of the season. But it's like, can we stop this, you know, let's move forward instead of... Take one step forward. Oh nope, we're going to revert back to yeah. where we just were. Well, they did, they did kind of foreshadow that too, because one because in season three, he gives him like the scroll of some of the more, I guess, violent teachings of Miyagi Do. And uh, when Daniel San's son is in the dojo, he opens that box and finds that scroll that that guy had given him last season, and he's like, so "What's this?" He's like, "Oh, that's something that I hope none of us will have to ever use." So it's like, I see next season they're probably going to start teaching the scroll. <laughs> see, I, and I kind of thought we were going to get that with this season, but I guess not, you know? like, Yeah, because I think this would have been a perfect wrap-up. Them, All them fighting together, and then at the end, they, you know, the 
combined dojo. Because I still think the they could have kept, you know, that that same ending, you know, where, all right, you know, Cobra Kai didn't cheat. They made, you know, an honest mistake, but they didn't, you know. But, you know, you see Terry Silvers and all of his assets like, oh, I've already paid off all of the refs. So. Yeah, because there was that one questionable call where uh, when Sam is fighting Tori, she kicks her and Tori slides into, like, out of bounds. And the and the judge calls it, oh, no out point. Out of bounds, no, no con- point. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Like, she should have won that fight. But, you know, on a, the, but then at the end, you see Tori like, oh, okay. I got to go back and get my bag. And she walks in on uh, Terry paying off the judge. And now she's like, oh, I didn't really win or what. So her character, I think, is going to have a big kind of change next season, maybe. Because, I mean, she started kind of not being such a uh, villain this season. Oh, yeah. She actually started kind of like, you know, having moments with Daniel's mom. and, And even when she kicks and gets the final point in the battle, she asks... Sam, if she's okay before, you know, her teammates, like, snatch her up in, like, the victory dance. But, yeah, she's showing more humanity <laughs> this but season. I, I'm has. wondering if Sam can show that in return. Because yeah, I think so much of it are father's, so like... you know, influence and everything else. Like, I don't know. It's It's kind of, you know, the roles are reversed, you know, where... You know, a lot of the original kids from Cobra Kai are like, hey, we're sick of always being labeled the bullies and blah, 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 you know? And, you know, now you've got... And even the combining of the styles, Cobra Kai did a way better job of that than Johnny and Danielson because when Robbie starts teaching the Cobra Kai students, like, Miyagi-Do defense so they can use it against them, it's like... <laughs> it, it, uh... But even he had a kind of a, a change of heart, or maybe him coming back to the good side. Because at the end, he goes and kind of, after he sees that he's turned uh, that kid into a bully, he uh, goes back to his dad and is like, dude, I fucked up. I thought I could be a mentor to him like I didn't have. And and now I've made him just as bad as like the rest of us. So he's like, I don't know what to do anymore. And like, you know, actually you know, breaks down and like, you know, has a moment with his father. So I'm like, all right, maybe, you know. Like Tori's getting a little bit better at being a person. He's getting a little bit better at being a person. So I guess we'll we'll see how they uh, <laughs> go next season, or we just revert back to more bullshit. <laughs> I I sort of hope not. You know, I'm I'm like I'm ready to see things move forward. Like at, at this point, like either we yeah we've almost gotten three seasons of just the same conflicts. Yeah. <laughs> like let's put away the the. Rival, or you know, make it like it, it's kind of hard because at this point, like they've given the kids such story arcs that they can't just switch gears and be like, "Oh, this season we're going to focus on the adults." <laughs> you know, the adults have the problem, so we're going to make it. You know, yeah. At this point, it's like we've almost, I think, exhausted. But then what again, storytelling we can do with the like adults. we know that Crease. Obviously has some financial hardships. You know, he's not as well off living on his beachside mansion like we saw, you know, with Terry Silvers. And he's got some legal problems. He's and he's got legal problems. So I'm wondering if, you know, the only person with assets is really Daniel. I wonder if we're going to see 
Crease have to reach out to Daniel and say, look, you know, I understand that there's been, you know, all this bad shit that's happened between us and everything, but there's something much bigger than, you know, worse uh, (laughs) than, you know, a worse threat than I am at this point. You know, so I'm willing, you know, so I I almost wonder if we won't see, you know, a a, a reemergence from that side of things. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. And, uh, hell, I had a thought a second ago, and I followed you down that rabbit hole, and I forgot what my, <laughs> what I was about to say. <laughs> oh. But, yeah, oh, yeah, the, the combining of schools. Yeah, and that during that final tournament, it's like, oh, Johnny and Danielson finally kind of get the lesson of we should unite, that they should have gotten all season, where... Hawk, who is now Miyagi-Do, like, goes up there to fight in the uh, the finals against uh, Robbie. And he's like, dude, like, I've tried, you know, he knows all my, he knows all the Miyagi-Do uh, defenses. Like, you know, he's like, I've, I've tried to do it, you know, our way, and he, he he's just better at it than me. And he's like, dude, like, yes, he was a Miyagi-Do student longer than you have but you've been a uh, Cobra Kai student way longer than he has. Cause he was one of Johnny's like original students. So he's like, so maybe it's time you should use some of that, you know, more aggressive stuff. So it's like, so yeah, it's like kind of Hawk was like the first one to like, I got to take a little Cobra Kai, a little Miyagi Do, and find something better and wins the damn match. You know, even though he lost his confidence there for a little bit, cause they, you know, cut off his uh, Mohawk. <laughs> But he finally, like, you know, found his way and found a way to, like, you know, combine the aggression with the defense and become a better fighter. Yeah. And Danielson starts to see that. So then when Sam goes up there to fight Tori, he calls Johnny over and he's like, hey, man, this, like, this isn't working to get apart. Like, let's, this one time, both coach her and, and you know, combine our side. And I say we called it because if you go back to whenever we did our last uh cobra kai episode we titled the episode uh miyagi fang i believe because that was what we said that they were going to call the combined dojo yes and he's like just this one time let's do some miyagi fang and i'm like fuck i told you (laughs) (laughs) i called that shit (laughs) i mean that was the only appropriate name like you know i mean if you're going to combine like what else you know miyagi eagle you know that still sound miyagi fang sounds the best (laughs) Unless it would be Eagle Doe. <laughs> Miyagi yeah. Doe, Eagle Doe, you know, but... Yeah, Doe is just the way. Yeah. That's what that trends are. Uh, oh, the path, you know, it's depending on, or the art, you know, depending on the, uh, the uh, translation you're using. But yeah, it's like... <laughs> and, you know, the, you know, when they like, oh, this next match, you know, we have, like, she has two coaches, two-time uh, champion Daniel LaRusso, and Daniel actually goes up there and talks to the guy. He's like, oh, my mistake. And also two-time champion uh, Johnny Lawrence. It's like they finally learn to respect each other in that moment. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is the shit y'all should have done episode one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At least by the end, y'all finally come together. But then again, we thought they were going to do that last season, and we got cock-teased by it till the end of this season. So we'll see if the uh, <laughs> Miyagi Fang... Uh, Last for another uh, <laughs> uh, season, but then again, we got uh, at the end. That was the other thing too that I I didn't see when 
during his uh, 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 not Robbie uh, Miguel's match fighting uh, Hawk, he ends up hurting his back again, and was in there like you know, like oh you just got arrested, give you thirty minutes. I was waiting for Johnny to call Danielson in and get him to do like the Miyagi hand rub thing, and, but that that didn't happen. He's just like. I don't really, there's, I don't have anything to fight for this season. He's like, I'm not, you know, last time I felt like I was fighting for myself, but now it's like, ah, my health is better than, is more important than, than winning a match. I don't, I don't, uh, so he like bows out and, you know, Hawk moves on to the, the finals, but then Robbie, uh, got kind of this, like, you know, doesn't know his father has tracked him down and had that moment where Johnny was drunk and accidentally called him Robbie. So he's like, I need to find out where I come from and who my dad is. So he runs off to Mexico at the end of the season and Johnny finds out that his, her, his dad may be some kind of bad guy and he promises Miguel's mom who he's now dating. He's like, I'll, I'll go find him. I'll bring him back. So next season, do we get Johnny in Mexico or yes, it's like Johnny a whole, on the cartel. It's like, it's like has nothing to, it's like Daniel. And that was the other reason why I think that, Somehow, Kreese and Daniel's son. Somehow, there's going to be something that brings them together. I think. Yeah, because Terry or Terry pointed out that Johnny is is Kreese's weakness. Because even when like he decides like, well, all his students aren't going to be able to constrain if we kick the shit out of it, their instructor. So I'm going to lure him to the original Cobra Kai location and like kick the shit out of him. And Reese stops him. He's like, no, this is not the way. Let's beat him at the tournament like we agreed to. And stopped him from like kicking the shit out of Johnny. So do we get like a total like new thing where it's like next season it's Miyagi Do with uh, the Japanese guy and John and Danielson versus uh, Terry's version of Cobra Kai, while Johnny's down in Mexico kicking the shit out of cartels and stuff, and eventually gets captured or something, and Kreese and Danielson have to go to Mexico to rescue Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God, my, my that sounds like the plot of any '80s action movie back in the day. So it make would make perfect sense that that's how this ends, where they all have to team up to go rescue Johnny from Mexico. But then again, like, <laughs> like I said, the only thing I see preventing them from doing that though is they've invested so much time in the first season, really trying to make it about the kids and much less about the adults. Like so we get we get the kind of the uh, the fixing of the Cobra Kai versus Miyagi Do and the kids stuff like maybe the first half of the season and then by the last couple episodes it's Daniel Sun and Kreese uh, using his like old military context have to go rescue Johnny and Miguel from the cartels. <laughs> How did you feel about you know Johnny uh, and uh, his uh? Miguel's mom coming out, like, <laughs> trying to explain about dating. See, when two people like, like... I'm banging I, I, your mom. <laughs> I mean, at that point, like, you're in high school. Like, does that conversation need to be that awkward? Like... I think it was just a dude she was dating. It wouldn't be that awkward. But the fact that she's dating his his sensei complicates the <laughs> the thing. But yeah, it's like, no, no, we're going to do this right. We're going to take him out to dinner, Applebee's, whatever he likes. And I'll explain to him then. And then he's like, hey, Sensei, why is your headband in my mom's uh, bedroom? Oh, shit. I was like, it'd be be even more awkward if it was tied to the headboard, like they were doing some, like, you know, (laughs) kinky shit. But, (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, this is this is awkward. This is not how I uh, <laughs> plan to have this conversation. <laughs> and then like the him trying to be the awkward stepdad, like, uh, no, yeah, I don't want you to get hurt for the I tournament. Think, I think that portion would have been more accurate, right? Because you know. Like, at what point do you draw the line between, all right, I'm trying to be, you know, father figure material, but I'm also your instructor, like... <laughs> yeah, he starts going way too easy on him and just kind of screws it all up. <laughs> or even awkward point when he's having dinner with, like, the family, and he doesn't know that he's dating his mom yet, and he's like, oh yeah, I helped, uh, you know, Instructor Lawrence uh, hook up with his... Uh, his high school sweetheart and shit. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, that's we We just had dinner. Talk about old times. I'd definitely not hook up with her. It's like, yeah, right. Sensei, you're the man. You probably like, you know, <laughs> hit that. <laughs> he's like, no, no, totally just friends. Catch up in old times. There was, there was nothing going on. It was not a date. <laughs> just trying to like not get in trouble with the mom. It's like, dude, shut up. <laughs> you are a bad wing man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why you don't include kids on shit? <laughs> uh, then we got uh, Robbie and uh, Tori hooking up this season, <laughs> which was was interesting. <laughs> I mean, I could see that though. You know, I mean, I, I their I, I their character growth and everything else. Like, I think they're of similar mindsets. Like, you know, Robbie realizes, I think, at this point that he's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm fucking up." Like, yeah, you I, know? I, I was and, here to get and Tori. You know, pretty much the same way. You know, she's learning how to communicate all of the you know bad shit, and you know, I, I think we're gonna see that and actually know, like uh, reach out for help because yeah. because apparently she's got some evil aunt that's gonna take over if when her mom dies and she's like i gotta get back in school so i can get custody of my younger brother when the time comes and actually like you know finally reaches out for help uh and uh, gets back in school so she's kind of softening up a little bit but yeah then like hey why don't we go to prom together just to like piss off miguel and uh sam and then like oh yeah you're hot like uh, i totally forgot about our plan to like just uh mind fuck our opponents we should like you know go make out somewhere <laughs> <laughs> that's like the ultimate pickup line like <laughs> hey let's do this thing oh yeah while we're here um oh oh you kind of feel that way too huh we just i think they call that teenage angst or something yeah which i i thought it was such a a funny way of going to it when she got fired from the uh chinese restaurant job and she's like i got a new job and you see her in some dressing room with a bunch of other girls and like skimpy clothing and like with a douchebag Russian looking. Uh, I definitely thought she was Mander. at a strip club. Oh yeah, I was like, I was, I was like, oh, she's like lying about her age now. She's like a stripper, and then it cuts to no, she's a mermaid for kids' birthday parties at some uh, mermaid themed uh, kids' party place. But yeah, I totally thought that was like, are they really, really going to make her a stripper? Is this turning into like one of those after school special type shows? <laughs> Don't do karate, kids. You'll end up a stripper. <laughs> but no, it turns out she's just Ariel. <laughs> Sounds very much like a stripper name. <laughs> True enough. <laughs> At least it wasn't Ariola or something. <laughs> but I do like, because Sam's there giving her shit the whole time. But she's like, all right, I let my anger get the best of me last time. And I got fired from my job. So 
let me think a little more tactically. It's like, so kids, in my story, I'm telling you, the evil witch attacked us and she uh, can transform into a normal looking lady to disrupt it. Well, there she is. The only thing that can stop her is glitter bombs. So <laughs> she lets the kids get her vengeance for her and like fucking Sam just gets glitter dumped over her head and she's like, wasn't me. It was the kids. I'm like, it's a genius move. I applaud that. <laughs> <laughs> Shenanigand. <laughs> yes. Oh, so, uh, ah, I got a leaf or something on my tongue. What do you think of this here? Uh, as we kind of wrap this up, uh, what's your thoughts on, uh, old, uh, McFly so far? Um, I thought it was good, man. Like you said, it definitely maintained, um, a consistent flavor throughout. Um, the, the smoothness of the draws, absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah, other than that initial real light, I've not had any outages or touch-ups on yeah, it so far. No, so it's I got, mean, it's, it's, it's got, got a nice, construction. you know, consistent burn. Um, I'm still going peppery. I, I got a touch of nuttiness, you know, um, that I didn't have. I, I think it's because I ran out of, uh, my fruit punch, <laughs> but, um, you know, a- after I had, you know, a chance to cleanse my taste buds, I was like, mm, there's, there's a little nuttiness, uh, to be had here too. So, you know, peppery, leathery, little nutty, and just that hint of sweetness that I think is just from the, you know, San Andreas wrapper. Yeah, it, uh, like I said, San Andreas in the last, I don't know, year or so has kind of become popular as a wrapper, and I, I do like a lot of San Andreas cigars. I know it, it's got that, it's got the Maduro sweetness, but yeah, it has like a more of a, more of a peppery flavor to it as well. So it's like, it's a little more, a little stronger than, uh, than some of like you know the, I guess sweeter Maduros. Yeah, I don't know, man. This just, I have not had a bad cigar by Oscar. No. Dude, absolutely knows his shit. Yep, this one definitely goes on the, uh, the recommend table. You should definitely try one. They're still out there. No problem to finding these. So, any final thoughts on, uh, on the Cobra Kai? Before we uh, bow out and end this session, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, overall, it was it was a great season. I'm I'm just really curious to see like there's so many directions that next yeah. season can go, and I don't know how they're going to pull it together. I hope it doesn't become so scattered that you know we lose the continuity that we've had up to this point. <laughs> You know, it'd be like, oh, we're going to flash forward to, you know, trials or, you know, <laughs> Kreese's legal stuff. So we get a bit of a crime drama. But now we've got, you know, issues going on with the cartels. So now we got cartel drama. Or... Yeah. And did you notice that there, and I think they did this on purpose. There's one thing where it shows Terry's license plate and quite clearly shows that it's 2019 in that world. So we're like, all right. We don't want to know COVID bullshit. So we're making sure the show is set in early 2019. <laughs> Before the COVID bullshit. I mean, at the same <laughs> so time, though, dude, masks. they're all in, they're all karate. And when I think of ninjas, I always think of a mask. You can't be a ninja without a fucking mask. <laughs> this thing, too, is someone who's, like, actually studied martial arts that kind of amuses me about the show Never once do you see them wearing any kind of safety gear when they're sparring or competing. I have never been to a tournament that was that wasn't like a UFC where they 
you spar with no gloves, no helmet, no like foot. I mean, you, at least you would have you know some kind of headgear or something like that, you <laughs> yeah. know. But mouth guard, something. Yeah, this is the only. <laughs> the only. And I do like that one training montage where uh, Johnny's like, "All right, we know Cobra Kai's going to cheat." So I'm going to make sure y'all like can fight through cheating. So I'm going to tie one arm to you. So if they break your arm, you got one arm to fight with. Go. <laughs> They're having to spar like one arm. And then they have like the girl come in and kick everybody in the nuts. So they, they know what it's like if they get kicked in the nuts. <laughs> but yeah, through all of this, it's like never once has anyone used any kind of safety gear. <laughs> I mean, they put a mattress down. <laughs> yeah. And they tied that one guy up with a mattress and used him as the, uh, <laughs> the kicking dummy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that that part kind of amuses me about this. But then again, it's cinematically it doesn't look good if everybody's like you know covered in safety gear. It, it looks cooler if you're you're just bare knuckle brawling. <laughs> With that, they seem like there was less martial arts this season, other than the tournament and some of the training. But you know there wasn't there was less random karate fights. Yes, <laughs> that's what I was saying earlier. Is, Definitely you know, more we didn't interpersonal see any drama those, than like actual like fighting. You know, brawls or anything else. So, I, I don't know. But what we did see was well choreographed and looked cool as the previous season are, but it just seemed to me like there was more more of the interpersonal drama and less of the actual physical <laughs> drama. Alright, but with that, we'll be right back. back it's time for some science and i actually got robot news that sounds like good news it's not all like these robots are gonna kill us maybe maybe oh speaking of which did you see my aliens guy uh picture i posted on new on new year's mm, i don't know if i did or not <laughs> i got drunk as shit on new year's and for some reason Amanda had like this like hair extension like ball of like curly hair thing that was she'd left on the table. I need all of that. And I just put it on top of my head and made like a crazy face and was like aliens. Like, oh yeah, I didn't see that. Guy. I told you to get your tinfoil or something. <laughs> and apparently Amanda's never seen the aliens guy meme, so I had to explain to her uh she said, "Why do you uh, keep saying aliens?" I'm like, "Cuz it's the crazy guy from Ancient Aliens." Like that's pretty much what he does. He has crazy hair and goes Aliens. <laughs> and if you don't believe in aliens, you soon will. <laughs> so, uh, researchers are building a humanoid robot, robot that flies like Iron Man. I thought you said to speak good news. Well, this bot is supposed to be designed for search and rescue. Or search and destroy, as it will one day be when uh, Skynet takes over. I mean, they're just going to figure out how to put guns on it. <laughs> A team of scientists from the 
Instituto Italiano de Tecnologia, which I believe is the Italian Institute of Technology, uh, if you're speaking the English, uh, they have a child-sized robot called iCub. Uh, and now they're attempting to fix a backpack propulsion system with basically palm-mounted uh, engines to help steer it. <laughs> So it will fly like Iron Man. And burn you. They say what the... Basically, drones that are made to fly aren't really good at, you know, opening doors and moving things around. And the robots that we have designed that are more humanoid-like that can use tools, open doors, and move things aren't very uh, good at getting around. So they're trying to kind of combine the two with this iCub robot that they've been uh, repurposing for search and rescue with like a this kind of flight capability so it can quickly get into a disaster area and, you know, help with search and, and rescue. No, that's cool. You know, because I know we've seen like the, you know the Boston dynamic style dogs and stuff like that doing search and rescue stuff. But yeah, I mean, at, at some point, something that has fingers that can grip, that can lift, you know, and, and also like when you have something that has, I guess, human like appendages, it can use tools that are already designed for human use. So they don't have to like specially design something for this robot to use and be like, Oh, you need a, you need a cutting torch or something Here's your else. Cutting like, <laughs> you can just, dude, it's got built-in cutting torches, right? It'll <laughs> yeah. just extend its arm out. And like, ha-ha. <laughs> uh, they said, so far, research has mainly been developing algorithms for the robot to control height and position while in air. Uh, and But they've also kind of developed a, a test bench model uh, with powerful turbines strapped to the arms. Uh, kind of like the first, you know, Iron Man uh, suits uh, that, uh, you know will eventually be what this bot uses to steer itself around. And this iClub bot is about the height of a five-year-old child. So when it turns into a Terminator, at least it's going to be short. You might be so able this to is going to be Iron it. Kid, not Iron Man. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, at least it's kind of short, so if it tries to take over the world, we can probably just run up and kick it real hard. <laughs> it's got to land sometime. <laughs> and when it lands sometime, we're kicking it. <laughs> That's how we survive the uh, coming robot apocalypse. They can't kill us if they can't walk. <laughs> well, in other robot news, man's life saved after droin, droin, drone delivers defibrillator in first ever case. That's awesome. Because so, that's, that's always like the, the first thing, you know. You don't always have a AED around, you know, in, in a time of, you know, need or whatever. So it's cool that yeah, and especially in the case of uh, cardiac arrest, uh, basically yeah, for every... Those, those seconds are crucial. Yeah, they say every minute after that a defibrillator is not used, uh, survivability goes down by 7 to 10%, and if, after five minutes, chance of reviving somebody is very slim. And with uh, ambulance response times being 5 to 10 minutes... A lot of the time, these drones can deliver, you know, the needed defibrillator before, you know, EMS workers actually arrive. And that was kind of the case in this. It's being tested in um, Trollhattan, Sweden, 
whatever uh, that is. But basically, a 71-year-old male uh, had a cardiac arrest, and luckily it was a, a Dr. Uh, Mustafa Ali was driving by and saw the man collapse and called 911. Well, this uh, delivery by drone medical service uh, uh, by a company called Everdrone uh, was able to deliver the defibrillator there to the scene you know, minutes before the ambulance was able to arrive. Uh, the drone's arrival time was just over three minutes with the ambulance getting there like another in about you know five to ten minutes. So they're saying now this this kind of test operation they've got can co- cover an area that would service about 200,000 people. And they're, you know, during this kind of four month pilot study that they've been conducting and they, the company expands to plans to expand their coverage area, uh, as time goes on. But yeah, especially in kind of urban areas where there's a lot of traffic and stuff, or even in remote areas, cause I live in the middle of no fucking where, cause I'm like the edge of two counties. So I'm like probably the farthest point from either county's medical services <laughs> that like these can kind of deliver emergency uh, equipment way faster than, you know, human delivery system. And then you know, get you kind of stabilized before the EMS guys uh, even get there. And they're saying these are also like no ordinary drones They're They have a dedicated team of software engineers that can at mission control. Each drone comes with a route planning system to find the best route to the patient with onboard obstacle avoidance systems and even emergency parachutes. Uh, and an automatic automated landing system to land safely near the patients. The drones operate autonomously and can basically just dis- be dispatched by emergency services en route to the patient. Dang, two positive robot news stories. What? What? What is this? New year, new science. Yeah, new year, new science. Man. Have you been brainwashed by robots? Maybe. I mean, Skynet has been tracking my meat purchases lately. I keep getting ads for Boston uh, or uh, whatever. Uh, Omaha steaks that I've never actually Googled. (laughs) Gotta be careful what I'm saying. It's obviously watching me now. I'm on their radar. And remember uh, playing Grand Theft Auto and the only way to get away from the cops was to run into the paint shop and change the color of your car? The old, uh, you know, pay and spray. Well, this week uh, CES has been going on, which is the consumer electronic uh, show out in Vegas where they kind of Highlight new technology, mostly having to do with, you know, kind of the automotive industry. Well, BMW has uh, uh, premiered a, a new vehicle, uh, but it has basically can change colors at the press of a button. Like, I, I wonder how that works with, like, rock chips and stuff. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I get, you know, I get, like, dead pixels in my TV after a while. This thing is some kind of, like, giant LCD screen. I'm like, I'm waiting for the first hard bug hit, and it's just going to, or like you said, like, rock chips chip in the paint how it's gonna gonna fuck this up <laughs> but yeah it's a, a bmw ix uh, all electric car uh, the company has kind of infused this special coating that they're not saying how it works yet it's still proprietary technology but basically in the demo vehicle they were you know basically able to hit a button and it changed from a solid white car to a solid black car and also had this kind of ripple effect where it kind of could like you know have the black rippling through the white. Uh, they say so far that uh, it's a little sensitive though to heat and cold. So they had a backup vehicle cause it gets hot in Vegas and it also gets cold in Vegas at times. So they're like, just in case the weather fucked up the demo, they, they brought a, <laughs> a backup car for the demonstration. So 
obviously the technology is not quite worked out yet, but as kind of a proof of concept, this is kind of interesting. I mean, especially if it, I mean, this demo model only shows going white to black, but if, you know, technology advances where it gets a whole array of colors, it's like, you know, yeah, uh, I feel be, like red today. <laughs> there'll be a BMW app where you can, you know, pay to, you know, download and, you know, Download have, new skins for your car yeah. like a fucking video game. It'd be like, you know, themes on your computer, but themes for your car. <laughs> I mean, you got people that, like, all their shit has to color coordinate. I mean, I've got a multicam black belt, a multicam black lighter case, a multicam black uh, cigar case And you now. live in the woods, so, you know, <laughs> you'll just never find your car. Yeah. So there are people like, oh, I'm wearing my green-faced watch today. Let me make my car green so we all coordinate. Or got to match my, my shoes to my car today, so let me, <laughs> you know, those, those people that have to go out, like, fully coordinated their shit, you can change your car or if you're like you know like the video game guy that wants to have all the weird crazy graphics on it if you can like download different graphics packages uh to like you know whatever you want to crazy shit you want to make your car look like that day you know but uh they're saying this is probably i mean we would all just you know probably figure out a way to be like oh my car now has the number 69 on the side of it (laughs) hee (laughs) hee uh but they're saying uh, this is probably unlikely to ever make it to public sale in most countries because even if they fix the temperature issue, uh, many states in the U.S. and even... <laughs> uh, what's the color of your V? Varies. Yeah. What do you mean varies? <laughs> like, how do you... <laughs> yeah, there's some states and even some countries in the uh, European Union that require you to notify the DMV when you change the color of your vehicle. <laughs> so if you have to like fucking go to the every time, like, help, I want to go red today. Let me call the DMV and tell them to change my color. So yeah, this could be, yeah, might I mean, be some legal like issues my, with my this. insurance and stuff. You know, it's like, Oh, blue Kia Forte coupe or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. And in some places, if you decided to paint your car, another cover, you would have to update your file with the, uh, <laughs> registration office. So yeah, this may not uh, may not uh, happen. Well, all right, I got one kind of shady uh, robot story. Not really a robot, but uh, mafia boss on the run for twenty years, busted by Google Maps. Crazy, <laughs> just like. And I guess you know, like, I mean, that's the thing is, Big Brother is watching. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, uh... I mean, that's how I find all of my job sites now, because I'm like, <laughs> you know, the the address listed is just a vicinity, but it's like, oh, I get on Google Maps, oh, there's my access route, I gotta cut <laughs> yeah. through the woods here, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Giochino Gamino, 61, convicted murderer and notorious Italian gangster, escaped from prison in Rome in 2002, uh, where he then headed to Spain and changed his identity, and has been working as a chef by the name of Manuel uh, in the Cochina de Manu in Galapascar, Spain, uh, where he is a Sicilian cook. Well, uh, apparently, like I said, a former million... Isn't there like a statue of limitations or something Not that on applies? Murder, <laughs> murder <laughs> like, has no uh, statue of limitations. Like I, I, I sort of feel like, you know, if you're able to escape and remain off the radar for 20 years, like... <laughs> You know, uh, like, yeah. was it bad dudes killing bad dudes, or did you kill a bunch of innocents? Like, you know. Who knows, but apparently he was a, a f- 
former member of the Sicilian Stidata Mafia. Well, uh, supposedly uh, photos of someone spotted him on Google Maps and like Google Street Food, I guess, at this restaurant and turned him in. And cops were able to also find pictures of him on the uh, restaurant's Facebook uh, page uh, and confirmed his... uh, and the cops try to say, no, no, it wasn't like totally Google Maps. It was, uh, we're, we're not spending all day, uh, sifting through Google Maps to find fugitives. I mean, actually, they probably, you know, if somebody didn't pinpoint it out to them, like, chances are it would have gone unnoticed. No, they said, you know, it's the result of a long investigation where we knew he was probably in Spain, and Google Maps just helped confirm our, uh, investigation. <laughs> yeah, right. Some dude is like, hey, isn't that, uh, homeboy on, on this. Google Maps. Yeah, the cops. it's like, who did you piss off? And it's like, oh, there's an image on Google Maps. Great. It's not like I'm snitching because, you know, we can always say that, oh, no, we found him on Google Maps. Really, it was a tip from... Because yeah. <laughs> as we know, snitches get stitches. Unless you work for Google, <laughs> then you probably get a raise. <laughs> Big tech. And this our website probably gets deleted tomorrow. <laughs> but with that, that's all I got for Wait, you we still week. have a website? <laughs> Last I checked. <laughs> oh... But with that, we'll be right back. We're the Con Guys, coming to you straight from the nerdy heart of Hollywood, California. We are your home for news, opinions, and interviews from the world of Comic-Cons and fandoms. Your ultimate insiders for all things And now, it's time for all things nerdy and nerd news. And welcome to Nerd News. And like a Dr. Seuss episode, we're going to make some rhymes. So let's start with... Yeah, news! The Bat and the Cat trailer. <laughs> so I, I guess we're getting our, our first look at this new film. Um, you know, for the Batman. Uh, you know, basically... Like I Batman to... and Catwoman are, are, are teaming up. Yeah, kind of like uh, whatever the last Batman game. Yeah, uh, which like the last Batman game, we're getting a lot more of the Riddler um, as well. So, yeah, I, uh, oh, it's funny. Uh, G Four is now back as a like YouTube channel, and uh, I think they're actually on some. But since X Play is also back, since G Four has been off the air for, they're going back and like reviewing games that they didn't have a chance to review because they were off there and they just posted a review of like Arkham city or no Arkham Knight. <laughs> it's just like, we never got to review this. So now it, you know, it's been, I don't know how many years since that game came out, but here's what we thought of Arkham Knight. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I remember us talking shit, you know, about, uh, you know, Batman being sparkly, you know, cause of course we got yeah, Robert like, Pat- Pattinson, you know, playing Batman. I was like, Man, I, I don't know how I feel, but after seeing the trailer, I'm like, yeah, it looks like dude, it looks this pretty good. looks like it it has the potential to be legit. Um, like I wanted to hate on Pattinson when it was first announced, but you know, everyone says like the other stuff he's done besides Twilight is really good, but I've never watched any of that stuff, so I I don't have a positive like you know image on because I've just not seen his other works. But the more I see trailers for this Batman movie, it looks pretty good. I'm. I mean, Matt Reeves, you know, as, as, you know, the director, you know, on the creative team, you know, are wanting to make this, you know, the best Batman. Dude, I'm sorry, you know, original OG Michael Keaton, like, that's going to be hard to top, you know, for me. But 
Yeah, DC, they tried to do the Avengers thing and start making this whole interjoined universe, and they've kind of, I wouldn't say failed, but they've not done a really great job of that. They need to go back to making these solo, really good solo movies. Like, that that they're, they're kind of good at, but trying to intermingle everybody together yeah, is I mean, kind of not Yeah, I mean, when they're trying great. to, you know... Oh well, or maybe it's just you Zack know Snyder. we need the Don't just Zack Snyder direct anything, <laughs> dude. I'm I'm learning. I am just not a Zack Snyder fan. Yeah. Like you know, some people you know absolutely love his work. I'm just finding that he has some good ones, but overall, it's there's more in the bad column than there is the yes. good column for me. Um, whereas this right here. I'm going to be cautiously optimistic because I looked at the, you know, I remember us talking about the Resident Evil trailer and stuff. And it's like, dude, this looks just like the video game. And then I watched the movie and I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I've not uh, yeah, not had the pleasure of that yet. So, so. I'm, I'm not. Uh... <laughs> I, I can't weigh in, weigh in on that. But yeah, I've not heard good things from it was not in theaters long and I've not heard good things from the people that have seen it. So. Yeah, it just um... eventually when I can rent it uh, for cheap or pick it up for free on one of the streaming services i'll, Dude, I'll get around to watching it before long don't worry <laughs> um but to get back on track uh the batman is set to hit theaters uh march 4th just in time for my birthday Woo-hoo. so um the boy season three we have a uh a teaser trailer and a uh premiere date um the boys are back in town yep or at least in june they will be or at least the deep is. I don't know about the other boys, but at least the deep looks like he's making big things. You know, yeah. He's... It's like their trailer consists of uh, an announcement date and then like a well, not really a fake commercial because Liquid Death is a real product. But yeah, it's the deep doing a Liquid Death commercial that's just and they're freaking using ridiculous aluminum. Yeah, you know, instead of evil plastics because plastics is bad, especially if you burn it on the beach. <laughs> Although I don't know, you know, I mean, the fish with the condom that was kind of crazy, but yeah, it's. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this is very much a you know, public service announcement on why plastics are bad and uh, liquid death apparently is very safe, so we should all be consuming it. I kind of want to try it. It has a cool can. I've 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 seen it. I've just never I've like drink water out of a can so yeah definitely you know that that opening though where like they zoom in on um uh homelander's face and stuff like that dude looks more and more mentally unstable yeah like he's borderline you know looking psychotic at this point so i don't know i'm, I'm kind of curious to see how uh this season's playing out obviously this is just a uh a teaser um making the announcement, but uh, we'll just have to see, um, you know, when everything actually uh, kicks off. Yeah, so looks like uh, Friday, June 3rd will be the first three episodes of Season 3, and then after that they're going to do the remaining five episodes weekly every Friday. God damn it. Yeah, like these, these schedules are getting confusing as fuck. <laughs> like, can we just get everything at one time? Yes, like everyone learned from Netflix. You don't have to do it differently. Yeah. Just drop the whole fucking shit. I mean, I I kind of see it from a retention standpoint. Obviously, you know, if they hold off the episodes, if they get you sucked into something, you're going to keep paying weekly instead of, well, I I don't know. What I see myself doing eventually is be like, all right, I'm going to cancel till this season's over and then I'll reactivate my <laughs> subscription. <laughs> That's like, yeah, HBO Max is like, 
I'm like, man, I haven't watched anything on HBO Max in forever. I should probably cancel this. And then it's like, hey, here's the new Matrix. I'm like, all right, fuck, I guess I'll keep it a little longer. And then it's like, well, I've watched the Matrix. There's nothing else I'm going to watch. Let me cancel this. Oh, Peacemaker's coming out in January. Fuck! They got me for at least another two months. <laughs> yeah, Peacemaker looks like it's um, it's going to be hilarious. Yeah, um, so for folks that don't know, this is um, a James Gunn series, and they just dropped a Red Band trailer. So get lots of cussing and violence and all the cool shit that we want to see. And right? eagles. <laughs> and eagles, because, you know, America and freedom. Um, but... I never thought I'd see John Cena in a uh, superhero outfit. If John Cena did cosplay, this is what John Cena would look like. Here we are. <laughs> I say he, his character is probably one of the highlights of that last. Uh... Dude, you know what? I I used to rag on John Cena and everything else, but dude's a legit actor. Yeah, like, he's, and I like that he's kind of gone. He didn't do the stereo. Well, when he first started acting, he did the stereotypical former wrestle thing, like I'm gonna make action movies and be the next Rock. And then he's kind of, like, gone away from that and done a whole lot more comedies or even, like, you know, I guess this would qualify as action comedy. But him as a comedic actor It's is... actually going to be an action-adventure comedy. Yeah, there you go. I mean, <laughs> yeah, him doing comedic stuff I enjoy way better than, like, any of his serious action films he's done. But, I mean, I, I kind of really dig this concept. So this is, quote, you know... To explore the origins of Peacemaker, a man who believes in peace at any cost, no matter how many people he has to kill to get it. Kind of like that philosophy. <laughs> um, peace through superior firepower. Yeah. And a whole lot of other people that I don't know who. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to get this on January 13th on HBO Max, so you're going to be locked in, you know. Yep, yeah, at least through the end of February, probably. <laughs> I don't know uh, how many episodes they're planning of this, but yeah. They got at least another two months of my money. And I guess while we're, you know, talking about, you know, superheroes and DC and Marvel and all that kind of stuff, um, I guess we got to talk about, you know, Sony Pictures. It looks like they've delayed the release date to uh, for Morbius. Originally it was slated to come out January 28th. Now it looks like they're pushing it to April 1st, which... It's April Fools. <laughs> so is that actually going to be the real release date or not? Yeah, who knows? It's like and now this whole like Sony's Venom verse whatever being separate from the Marvel Spider verse it, it's all getting confusing of who's ver who's verse we're in. <laughs> so I'm like is cuz there's Spider I saw like Spider-Man graffiti in the trailer for this and it's like all right is this in the MCU or is this in the like Venom universe? I, I don't know anymore. I'm yeah. confused. Dude, it's a multiverse. We'll it's everything's now included. Yeah, because like Spider Man, like uh, uh, there's like Spider Man villains in there because you see the the uh, the Vulture and it's like, yeah, I don't know what universe we're dealing with at this point, but hey, whatever. <laughs> we'll figure it out when it gets here. And uh, in other news, um, you know, our our childhood heroes, Beavis and Butthead, um, Mike <laughs> Judge has <laughs> did a uh, Are you threatening me? revival, uh, you know, basically giving us the middle-aged Beavis and Butthead. Oh, um, <laughs> so, yeah, basically he's developing Beavis and Butthead revival movie for Paramount+, Plus, um, and we have our first look at the design of the middle-aged characters. 
Oh, that's the thing. It's like, there's a lot of good stuff coming out on that Paramount. And I'm like, dude, I don't need another app. Like, if I get Paramount, I'm definitely killing HBO Max. But they've not put out enough shit for me to make that transition yet. Yeah, but, well, uh, I mean, and you got some time, too. Because as of right now, we don't have a exact date yet. But Everybody um, says I need to watch uh, Tombstone. But I've, <laughs> I've yet to uh, join the uh, Paramount <laughs> group. Yeah, so... What we know at this point is, Judge previously explained, this is a bridge between the old series and the reboot setting the storyline for, you know, this eventual series. Um, but, yeah, just looking at the uh, the pictures of, you know, um, <laughs> middle-aged Beavis and Butthead <laughs> is, uh, you know, very... Yeah, it kind of looks like those biker guys from... Uh, from uh... Beavis and Butthead to America. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, we'll just have to see what, you know, happens, how it progresses. Obviously, you know, we'll keep folks updated as news. Because, dude, I mean, I remember Beavis and Butthead, like, that's how I first got introduced to music videos. <laughs> like, I, I, I actually, I think I can remember the first real music video that I can remember on MTV was... Coolio Gangster's Paradise. Like, that video got played nonstop, and then Beavis and Butthead, you know, at late night, obviously doing, you know, their, <laughs> their parodies. Comedy and between Comedy, uh, uh, you skits. know, watching uh, music videos. So, I'm really kind of curious to see how this all, you know, plays out, comes full circle. Any other news, tidbits, anything you want to share with uh, the folks at home? I think that's all we got for this week. Check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com if... Big Tech hasn't shut us down already. <laughs> Check us out on the ESO Network at esonetwork.com. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Cigar Nerd Pod. We're on all the streaming services. Check them out. Leave us a, ra- a rating and a review. Uh, get your drinks at strikeforceenergy.com, promo code Cigar Nerds. Get your shirts at realmensmokecigars.com. And with that, no mercy. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We're your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.